All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kirchick's Corner, all things customer experience. I'm your host, Jeff Kirchick, Strategic Sales Director with Cresta. Today, I am joined by Jeff Shi. Um, he is the Chief Visionary Leader at Quantum Assurance, Chief Visionary Officer, excuse me. I, I've not met many CVOs in my life, but I really like that he uh, is uh, kind of practicing what he preaches, even with his title. Quantum Assurance is disrupting the insurance industry. I'm really looking forward to getting to, to know Jeff today, talk a little bit about what they're doing and what his vision is. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. And did I, did I get the title right? Yes, you did. Chief Visionary Officer. Awesome. Tell me a little, tell, tell people a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, your background, what brought you here? So I was a captive agent for nine years, you know, never, uh, never been in insurance before that. And just kind of jumped right into the industry. And, um, you know, it wasn't an easy transition because, you know, you got to have capital. So, you know, I was just in the sales world, you know, sell cars for five years. And I wanted to transition to insurance world. And that wasn't an easy option either because I interviewed with four captive and independent carriers, Progressive, Nationwide, State Farm, Allstate. Um, even with 140,000 in liquid capital, I was rejected by Nationwide, State Farm, and uh, Progressive. You know, Progressive said, go sell insurance for two years, build up your insurance experience, and then come back to us. Nationwide actually never returned my call. And um, State Farm had three interviews. And uh, at the third interview, they just said, you know, go work for somebody for a couple of years and then come back. Um, I would say was the only people that was like, oh, you have liquid capital. Oh, we'd love to have you. You can start scratch. That's great. We'd love to have you. So started my career there. Um, one person shop, two employees that follow me from um, the car auto automotive industry, personal friends. Um, it was a lot of struggle, right? A lot of failures. I made a lot of mistakes, mistakes at high cost, you know, just learning marketing, learning payrolls, learning everything, with every single hat at the first time. Um, later, I learned that the captive industry have a 76 to 80%, 86% failure rate of agent that doesn't make it to year number four. But, you know, I was taking the punches as we go learning the business. Um, built a total of five offices, three scratch and purchase two, and um, built up to a $27 million book of business, 23,000 insured households. And then, you know, got to a point where I saw the industry changing and I was being changed with it. So had an idea about quantum. The whole time I was looking at the independent world and I was seeing the massive potential of the independent world. But at the same time, I realized the culture was broken because a lot of the people that was in the independent agencies, even though they have 30, 40 carriers, um, they have underwriting to go up against anybody, you know, Geico, Progressive, State Farm, but they were not driving the marketing through the funnel. So they didn't drive the marketing and they didn't grow the distribution force, which means their own sales team. And then they just didn't grow. So you create a crazy ecosystem where a lot of people are not aware of this. Geico and Progressive are part of 98% net personal line growth every single year. What does that mean? It means 
there are 200 other insurance carriers like all say say farm farmers usa nationwide travelers they're all billion dollar companies some are 30 40 billion dollar companies but they're behind the waist like you know these 200 insurance carriers sitting here fighting off to two percent and then the big thing is distribution the big thing is sales force and lack of sales force so if these insurance carriers want their insurance agent to drive the sales and the distribution growth, they have to be one in the right mindset, the culture. And two, age plays a factor. Average insurance agents are between 57 to 63 years old. They have plenty of experiences and knowledge and wisdoms, but at the same time, golf is important. Grandchildren is important. Going to barbecues is important. Flying down to Florida for Margaritaville is important, right? So what we call what's needed to grow is grind. It's a whole lot of grind, late hours, you know, calling on resumes, calling on, you know, interviews. But they're past that phase. This is what we call cruise control phase. And, you know, to grow a sales team, you need to have people who are in the run and gun stage. So the insurance industry is broken because the independent industry needs help. They need to grow younger and faster and that needs to happen today. There gotta be a mindset culture change today where there will be no more of these 200 independent insurance carriers. You know, they already face challenges on AI side. They already face challenge on the insure tech side, right? Google, Amazon, Walmart, Apple, they all come in. I mean, if you look at the people who file patents for auto insurance, let's just look down the list. Toyota, General Motor, Hyundai, Tesla, everybody, anybody, right? And then you have InsureTech that's coming where people can turn a full quote within 30 seconds. Branch, Hippo, Openly, Volt, the list go on, right? And then you have regional carriers with amazing rates. You have national carriers with, you know, 40 billion, $50 billion, but at the end of the day, you don't have growth, you die. It's either you grow or you die. And there's not enough space for 200 carriers in the next five years. We're gonna see that number go down 30 to 40% and people are gonna start getting absorbed. I mean, look at the lemonade evaluation. It's a $150 million premium company with 145 loss ratio. They evaluate over 4 billion. They're in the peak of Robinhood, boom. Um, they were going for $9.3 billion, right? With 140 some million in premiums. At the end of the day, you have InsureTech backed by tons of endless Wall Street money. Hippo's coming. Hippo probably 3X the lemonade evaluation, right? And the openly is coming. There's tons of in brokers coming, right? Zebra could build up their own carriers if they want. Orange is coming. So at the end of the day, all these big InsureTech, small InsureTech carrier, but backed by massive Wall Street money, when they get here, they can start buying up market shares through Google funnels, right? Everybody's gonna fight for the Google funnels. And um, you know, you're gonna see a lot of these caregivers absorbed because the only way for them to grow is through independent agents. You know, 90% of the insurance super regional carriers, local regional carriers, municipal carriers, and even some of the big national carriers. They're 90, 95% relying on their agency force. And that agency force has let them down.
So, you know, we saw that in quantum and we're like, we need to save the industry. And, um, you know, I build quantum with my other co-founder, Justin Egger. Um, we, we both wrote $10 million as captive agent in 2018. It's a rare feat. It's probably that year, total of five people that done it. And we did it with 12% close rate. And now we're in a marketplace where we have options. We do 40, 50, 60, 70% close rate, right? So, you know, can we save the industry? I think we can. Um, you know, we are building access to capital, you know, with different SBA banks for our agents. Um, you know, being approved by SBA and getting our agents $5 million capital. So we have 50 million. For example, we have 50 agents joined Quantum our last 12 months. Each agent have up to $5 million of capital through SBA to grow their business. 50 times five is $250 million in capital that they can grow their business. That's quarter of a billion dollars. 50 agents doesn't sound like a lot, right? But it's about mindset and build cash flow. And with that 250 million, we can hire a lot of people. With that 250 million, we can go buy a lot of books and build more cap uh, cash flow. So, you know, our goal is to get quantum to 500 some agents, right? 500 some agents, each agency have 10 salespeople, sales only full-time people. And um, that grow our sales force to 5,000 sales force plus the 500 agents. So 5,500 total sales force. And, um, you know, and then you do the math, 15 calls a day, how many calls can they close? 40%, 50% close rate, how many calls can they close? So, you know, to rival the big boys, you need to have a sales force and you have a marketing funnel and idea and just not be afraid. So there's a quick intro. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your, how you're disrupting the industry, right? So you, you laid out the groundwork a little bit about um, what others are doing and what you think the weak spots are and how the industry needs to be saved. You talked a little bit about how a little blood, sweat, and tears and some elbow grease uh, can make a big difference. But tell us more about your, your model and why it's changing the industry. Well, it's not changing the industry. It's truly just a modification. Um, a lot of what we do is mindset, right? Kind of like the guy who ran the mile under four minutes, right? Once he did it, everybody else, you know, they could. So, you know, the in independent industry have a mindset of if they truly want to grow. They have acquired other people's book of business. But when you're just going through acquisitions, the carry doesn't win. You don't take market share back from Geico. You don't take market share back from the USA, right? So we show them the way of um, bidding on leads. So I also own a co-founded co lead company called Quohound. So think of Quohound as Kayak, Expedia to bid on internet traffic, live transfers, internet leads, click to calls, whatever. And that's something that these big guys got really good at. You know, people see Geico as a marketing machine. They see the billboards. They see the commercial ads. But they do so much more. They buy live transfers. You know, they do so much more. They're complete juggernaut. And um, and what we're trying to do is just get a bunch of smart people, right? And put them in a cool house and then tell them what we want to bid, how we want to bid, what kind of traffic, commercial traffic, bilingual traffic, you know, good, great credit traffic, non-standard traffic. And then they just go to work. 
and then they match them up with our agents. Our agents tell us what type of traffic they want to buy, and then we help them make that connection faster and easier. And so this way they have a reach to a knob so they can turn up the funnel whenever they want to. And uh, you know, this is just a few steps. We also have a recruiting team, five recruiters right now. You know, one day it'll be 500 people recruiting team just to help our agent grow, get the people who want to sell into their outfit. And you know, success is one step at a time. There's no elevator. Success is one step at a time. So teaching our agent the same thing. You want to reach 50 million? 100,000 a month, 100,000 a month, right? If you can do 100,000 through 83,333, why that number? Because that's a million a year, right? And then 2 million a year, 3 million a year, 4 million a year. And then one, and then that's the strength in numbers. And then everybody start riding the wave up together. That's awesome. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching out, see how, see how it goes. Um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about your philosophy on customer experience. I would imagine that like anytime you're trying to disrupt or you kind of mod, you said modify, um, you probably feel like you have a better mousetrap in terms of what the customer feels, right? Like what's the customer journey like? Talk a little bit about your philosophy on customer experience, customer journey. Um, what do you, why, why do customers prefer this model? Like, let, let's get into that a little bit. So a lot of companies have a thing called custom come first. And you know, many people wrote books based on the principle and philosophy of customer come first. But there's a guy named Tony Sai. He passed away, rest in peace, Tony. And um, he inspired a lot of people. He wrote a book called Delivering Happiness. He built a company called Zappos based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He bought a government building that he put 2,400 call center employees in. So his whole concept is making his employee happy, not through paying them whatever they want, right? Because then the company go broke, but really just finding ways to build a culture that makes your people enjoy coming to work every single day. It's a really tough thing. You know, I'm not sure we have it down. You know, we probably working on it forever. But it's one of the best books I've ever read. And um, I suggest all the audience who listen to this, you know, if you want to build a business, you know, go listen to it because it's all about making your employees happy and build that culture. And then that culture trans through transfer through, right? The customer know they want it. The customer become a cult. Like people only buy Apple products, people, some people only buy through Zappos because they have that amazing experience. Like a lot of people go to Chick-fil-A, they didn't go there for the best chicken sandwich. They're not. Like I can tell you other people have better chicken sandwich, but it's that whole customer service experience from the time you're there to the time you leave, you know, you're being served through a very fast machine, that TikTok, and then every part of the experience is a happy, simple experience. And that's what Zappo has built. And um, when Amazon competed with Zappos, Amazon's a billion dollar machine, right? Now they're trillion dollar machines, but you know, back in 2003, they're billion dollar machines. They look at duplicating the process and smush them like little bug. And then they said, no, we can't smush this because they have a great culture. So they end up buying them, right? Yeah, and can you talk, talk so I love that. I mean, I think it's true that, um, 
cus- that's kind of lost in the customer experience world is like, I, I really like what you said there because people think about just like how the customer's feeling, but a lot of times the way to make the customer happy is to make your people happy because they exude what they feel every day. And a lot of times people lose that. And, and especially in the contact center world, it's really just about the bottom line. So um, agent happiness is not always top of mind, even though when the agents are feeling better, they're, 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 doing a better job servicing customers. So Jeff, talk a little bit about like, how are you trying to build that culture in your organization? Like what are some things that you're doing that you think are making people feel excited about building what you're building at uh, quantum assurance? It's a loaded question. I, I need more coffee for these loaded questions. So um Know people's name. Knowing people's name is very important. That's the start. You know, I worked at a dealership called Moore Cadillac, and then a gentleman named Jack Moore started the company back in like 1970s or whatever, right? I think it could be even earlier. Um, you know, first thing he knew everybody's name. You know, he walked the dealership with 140, 150 employees. He knew every single person's name, and um, he knew about their kids. You know, at some point, maybe I will not know everybody, but, you know, try to know everybody as much as possible, know something personal about them, engage with them, and know that every single thing, every single thing they do matters. You know, we have a lot of people that have transitioned out of our organization. They went to other places for higher pay. We're a startup. We can't pay everybody, you know. We lose great people, but we see many of them come back. That was a testimonial to who we are. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you try to hire leadership people that care. And when you hire leadership people, not just great leadership and smart people, but you hire people that care, they end up hiring the right people and they treat the right people right. And then, you know, when you know you're cared, it make a difference. How do you know, like when you, how do you, how do you sense when somebody truly cares? You know, are there certain questions you ask them? What, how do you, um, I know I'm asking you a lot of hard questions, a lot of loaded questions, but how do you, how do you sense when there's somebody that is a good leader or somebody who truly cares, it's good for your organization? Ooh, um, I'm not sure how many questions I have in my interview pockets that can produce a person that care in my organization. Um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blank. Um, blank is really intuition, right? You spend time with some people and then you just engage with them. And then, you know, you just use your intuition to make a judgment the best you can. So I use my intuition. I don't have scripted questions to, to figure out if somebody care or not. I really don't. Fair enough. Um, my last question for you, Jeff, um, let's talk a little bit about if I were to talk to you a year from now, mm-hmm. all right, um, what would things look like within your organization? Let's talk about where you're at today. And then if I were to talk to you a year from now, what's the, what's the vision? Our vision is always pushing the pedal, right? Like, you know, one of the reasons that a guy I rival with Back in my captain days, a guy I competed with, who I call my friend, you know, him and I would sit down. We a lot of time talk about what's broken, what the problem is, and what's the impossible. 
So we look to challenge the boundaries. We look to do things that people say is not possible, impossible, because it's only impossible until someone do it. So, um, you know, the next year it'd be interesting to see where it takes us. But our goal is to make a little noise, make a little noise and, you know, let put the industry on notice. Awesome. I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on you guys. Jeff, it was really great to have you here today for an episode of Kurtz's Corner. I wish you the best of luck. Sounds good. Thank you.